Hey, it's Amy. I'm here with my Peaches essay, and here we go. It is called Peachy King, Summer, Brotherhood, and Immortality. Peaches have many implications as far as Eastern symbolism. In A Song of Ice and Fire, they have associations with lust, summer, and the feminine. In, the essay, in this essay, I will add the non-Western associations, particularly those from Chinese literature, to further understand Renly and Stannis Baratheon, an attempt to unravel the imagery of Renly's peach. In The Song of Ice and Fire, peaches are associated with sweetness and summer, peaches and other fruits being a sign of flourishing harvests and luxury. After Khal Drogo dies, Daenerys Targaryen takes her small Khalasar wandering through the Dothraki Sea, looking for a place that will sustain them. They come across an abandoned city, and Jorah Mormont brings Danny a peach. After savoring its sweet flavor, Danny comments, quote, fruit and water and shade, the gods were good to bring us to this place, end quote. A Clash of Kings, Daenerys won. Jorah makes the point later that the seven kingdoms will not fall into Danny's hands, quote, like so many ripe peaches, end quote. That's from Clash Daenerys too. So peach fuzz as innocence and childhood. Boys that cannot grow a beard and only have stubble are described as having peach fuzz, and this lack of facial hair is directly associated with innocence and boyhood. We see this reference directly in A Storm of Swords, Catelyn III, when Catelyn looks at the two young Lannister boys who have been killed by Rickard Karstark and his soldiers. She notes that one of the boys was trying to grow a beard, having, quote, a pale yellow peach fuzz, end quote. Seeing these two dead boys makes her think of her own young boys, Bran and Rickon, who she believes to be dead, and she thinks of the worst-case scenario for her daughter Sansa. Here, peach fuzz represents innocence, and ultimately the loss of it. Violence against children is a very common theme in A Song of Ice and Fire, and peach fuzz represents boys that are killed before they could grow to become men. The peach fuzz imagery is reinforced in A Storm of Swords, Davos V, when his sons are described, quote, Devon's cheeks are, are thin and were dusted with pearl, sorry. Devon's cheeks and chin were dusted with blonde hair, a fuzz that would have shamed a proper peach. Though the boy was fiercely proud of his beard, just as Dale was proud of his once, end quote. Dale dies at the Battle of the Blackwater Bay, and remembering his peach fuzz is a manifestation of Davos' grieving and guilt. In A Feast for Crows, Jamie three, Jamie sees his cousin Lance Lannister and notes his burgeoning facial hair, thinking that, quote, the crown of his head had been shaved smooth, but his beard had grown out a little. To call it peach fuzz would have given insult to the peach. It went queerly with the white hair around his ears, end quote. Lancel loses his innocence after being used by Cersei, causing him to integrate himself into the Faith of the Seven. Next section, Renly's Peach. The most famous peach in A Song of Ice and Fire is definitely Renly Baratheon's peach. Renly has a reputation as being a knight of summer, someone who is naive and ostentatious. When Catelyn goes to meet with Renly on behalf of her son Rob, she notices a large amount of things that are in his tent, bowls of peaches, plums, and pears among them. She thinks to herself that his, his host moves slowly because of the sheer amount of items that they have to pack up each time uh, they move again. This is from Cash Cat, uh, Clash, Catelyn 2. He is shown as being shallow, only concerned with the appearances of chivalry. The most memorable peach moment in the series is when 
Renly meets with his brother Stannis. As Renly reaches into his cloak, Stannis first thinks he is drawing a weapon and goes after his own sword. Instead, Renly pulls out a ripe peach and offers it to Stannis. Begin quote. I did not come here to eat fruit, Stannis was fuming. My lords, Catelyn said, we ought to be hammering out the terms of an alliance, not trading taunts. A man should never refuse to taste a peach, Renly said as he tossed the stone away. He may never get the chance again. Life is short, Stannis. Remember what the Starks say. Winter is coming. He wiped his mouth with the back of his hand. I did not come here to be threatened either, Stannis said. This is from Clash, Catelyn 3. Stannis takes Renly saying he should savor the peach as a threat, a sign that Renly means to wipe him out. Certainly, Renly appears to be taunting his brother in this scene, but it is also a commentary on Renly himself. While Renly is the one taking the time to savor the peach and warning his brother of winter, winter, in this case death, is coming for the younger brother, not the older. More than a threat, the peach is a sign of Renly's overconfidence in his own charisma and bigger army. The peach also represents the reach and its bountiful harvests. The image of Highgarden as a place of summer and fertility mirrors Renly's own image, and also Robert's, since Renly is often described as being like Robert when he was young. Robert reigned over a long summer and was known for his love of wine and lust. He also spawned many bastards and was a symbol of fertility similar to Garth Greenhand. Renly, through his associations with Robert, comes to represent summer and excess. This scene will go on to taunt Stannis long after his younger brother's death. Stannis speaks to Davos about the scene, quote, Only Renly could vex me so with a piece of fruit. He brought his own doom on himself with his treason. But I did love him, Davos. I know that now. I swear I will go to my grave thinking of my brother's peach. Clash, Davos too. For Stannis, Renly's peach has come to mean several things. It represents Renly's hubris for thinking a younger brother's claim is superior, his naivete and lack of experience. It also represents a fundamental difference between the two brothers. Stannis appears hard and unyielding like women, like winter, with no enjoyment for life. Uh, for Stannis, life is about fulfilling one's duty. Renly, however, represents summer. He enjoys life immensely and prefers the fun parts of lordship like tourneys and good food, seeing the hard parts of duty as undesirable. Note that after Renly finishes his peach, he throws away the pit, the hard part of the fruit. Like with responsibility and duty, he only takes what is desirable and throws away the rest. The peach also haunts Stannis because it reminds him of his own guilt for murdering Stannis through the shadow, er, for murdering Renly through the shadow assassin. Renly and his peach is the last image that Stannis has of his brother, and this jolly image is also reminiscent of Robert. It is this Renly that Stannis killed by proxy. And for more about killing by proxy, check out Bronze Series essays essay titled Others Kill for Them. Next section, Lust and the Feminine. In the series, peaches are heavily associated with femininity and lust. Peaches are used to describe sweetness, particularly the sweetness of a woman. The song Dornishman's Wife describes the Dornishman's wife as having a voice as sweet as a peach. Here, the peach represents seduction and attraction, and the speaker in the song finds her irresistible. He eventually tastes the Dornishman's wife, just as one would taste a peach. In A Dance with Dragons, The Wayward Bride, Asha Greyjoy 
describes a night of passion with Carl the Maid, where they, quote, devoured peaches and each other, end quote. In our own contemporary times, peaches are connected with lust, with the peach emoji representing butts and sex. In A Storm of Swords, peaches are directly associated with sex work. Arya Stark is in Stony Sep when she hears about a brothel called the Peach. In Arya V, she goes to the Peach and sees the House of Pleasure in person. When she comes upon it, she sees that the sign is a peach with a bite taken out of it, hinting at the association with taking a bite out of a peach, enjoying the finer things in life, and in this case, sexual release. Like the Knights of Summer, the intimacy offered at the Peach is inherently shallow. Arya describes the Peach as jolly, but some of the people are laughing too hard somehow. Arya has identified the Peach as a place of shallow lust that, like Summer, does not last. To further the associations of peaches in the feminine, a man sits next to Arya and calls her a pretty little peach. The aroma of peaches and other fruits are used to describe men that are seen as effeminate. In A Storm of Swords, Daenerys III, Danny contrasts manly Jorah Mormont's body odor with the smell of the Astapori slaver for whom she is buying the unsullied, from whom she is buying the unsullied. The slaver smells of peaches, feminine, and that Mormont's sweaty smell, masculine, is an, quote, earthy answer to the sweet perfumes that drench the Astapori, end quote. Varys, the master of whisperers, who is emasculated due to being a eunuch, is described as being, quote, dressed in flowing robes of peach-colored silk and smelling of lemons, a storm of swords, Tyrion II. Carl is associated with peaches and peach fuzz and is called the maid, referring to his beardless face and slim figure. Since fruit, especially peaches, are associated with the feminine, male characters that are seen as less masculine are associated with this imagery. Next section, peaches in Chinese literature, immortality, utopia, and fraternity. In Chinese art and literature, peaches are symbols of longevity and immortality. Peaches of immortality are known for being served at the heavenly banquets that celebrate the birthday of the Queen Mother of the West, who is heavily associated with Taoism. Peaches of immortality take thousands of years to ripen and are said to grant over 3,000 years of life, so that consuming many of them essentially ensures that the consumer will never die. There are multiple stories in Chinese literature about a great person being offered the peach of immortality. In the Book of Han, compiled by Banggu, and the Jin Dynasty collection Research into Nature by Zhang Hua, Emperor Wu of Han is offered the peach of immortality by the Queen Mother. In the famous Chinese novel Journey to the West, Swan Wukong the Monkey King eats peaches of immortality after being declared the protector of the heavenly peach garden. And to learn more about the Monkey King, check out my essay, Born a Lion, Not a Monkey, Tyrion Lannister and the Monkey King. You can hear me read this in a YouTube video. And I also talk with Nessie on the Unspun Yarn about monkey mythology. And all those links are in the blog. Taoist immortals are often depicted in Chinese art holding peaches, and it is traditional to have peaches depicted on birthday cakes and pastries in China to represent longevity. A common pastry is the longevity peach, shou tao, which are lotus seed buns that are dyed and tipped to mimic peaches. They are typically served at the birthday party of an elderly person to celebrate their longevity. Older people have also ripened and matured like a peach. This association with longevity can be directly applied to Rinli's peach. Rinli believed that he would win the War of the Five Kings and rule for many years, creating a dynasty that would persist for generations after his death. 
He also took time to eat the peach and appreciate its sweetness, just as immortals have eaten magical peaches get to enjoy their long life. One of the most famous stories about peaches in Chinese literature is Tao Yunming's The Peach Blossom Spring from 421 CE. In the story, a humble fisherman gets lost and finds a passageway that is surrounded on both sides by a thick forest of peach trees with flower petals covering the ground. At the end of the waterway, he comes to a mountain with a small entrance. He goes into the grotto and begins it, which, and it begins to get smaller and smaller until it can barely fit. Eventually, it opens up and he discovers a utopian society that broke off from the Chinese Empire during the First Dynasty. They speak a more archaic form of Chinese and their clothes are also anachronistic. After the fisherman leaves, he tells others of this place, even though he was warned against it. The governor of the area in particular wants to find this place so that he can collect taxes from the people. But all those who have gone searching for the peach blossom spring have searched in vain. Many analysis of the story note that the utopia is a magically shielded from those with bad intentions, such as so that those that want to find it cannot. In the peach blossom spring, uh, peach blossoms represent utopia that transcends time and political boundaries. Utopia in the summer and a summer that lasts forever is what Renly dreamed of, and he thought that he was the one who could bring Westeros into a golden age. The utopia in the Peach Blossom Spring also represents a certain innocence that is reminiscent of Renly's naivete. Romance of the Three Kingdoms from the 14th century is a historical fiction, no fiction novel that is loosely based on the Three Kingdoms period from about 169 to 280 CE, where Taotao in the north, Kingdom of Wei, Liu Bei in the southwest, Kingdom of Shuhan, and Sun Chun in the southeast, the Kingdom of Wu, all fought for control of the Chinese Empire. The novel is sympathetic to Liu Bei, seeing him as the rightful heir to the Han Dynasty, rather than Cao Cao, who was Chancellor of the Han Court from 208 to 220 CE. One of the most famous scenes in the novel is Liu Bei having his two loyal companions, Zhang Fei and Guan Yu, swear an oath of fraternity to him in the Peach Garden. This oath was taken during the opening event of the novel, The Yellow Turban Rebellion, called Yellow Turbans for the color of cloth that they wore on their heads. It was a Taoist peasant uprising against the Eastern Han Dynasty. The uprising crippled the dynasty and presaged its doom. And it was during this threat that the vow of loyalty was sealed. If we take this association of peaches with fraternity, it is illuminating in the case of the brothers Rinley and Stannis. In A Storm of Swords, Davos IV, Stannis speaks of Renly's peach again, directly in relation to both of his brothers. Quote, why me and not my brothers? Renly and his peach. In my dreams, I see the juice running from his mouth, the blood from his throat. If he had done his duty by his brother, we would have smashed Lord Tywin, a victory even Robert could have been proud of. Robert, end quote. When he thinks of the peach, he thinks of his brothers. In Romance of the Three Kingdoms, the peach garden represents loyal brotherhood. But for Stannis, it represents how he disappointed his brothers and how they disappointed him. We could also look at Renly offering the peach not as a threat, but rather as an offer of fraternity in all of Brant's of short sorts. While Renly's army was certainly a threat, his peach could have been seen as an attempt to get Stannis to join him, just as Guan Yu and Zhang Fei joined Liu Bei under the peach trees.
That is the end of the essay, and I would like to offer an, a couple of extra thoughts that are exclusive to this video. One of the things that I did not get a chance to get into but is very interesting is the association of a long summer with contrasting and similar to the others. So Bronze Darius talked to me about this, uh, how he saw that the others want a long night and a winter that will last forever, whereas Robert and Renly wanted a summer that can last forever. Either of these are unnatural, right? Neither of them is good when it comes to the balance of the seasons and the harmony that would be created out of balancing nature. So excess on either side, either too much summer or too much winter, either way it can be associated with the others and be associated with something that is ultimately bad for uh, the world of Westeros and Essos. Um, so that's just one final thought I had. Comment, like, subscribe, do all the things. My Twitter and my blog and um, all the things will be down in the description. And thank you so much for listening. I look forward to your feedback.